0: Welcome to a New Ears bonus episode. I'm your host, Jonathan Humphrey. In this bonus, we're going to take a chance to take a sneak peek at an upcoming episode and bridge the gap between the previous one on Fugazi with that upcoming episode. Raul and I have already recorded this conversation, and we took some time to talk about Discord records and what things happened between Fugazi and Kuroki, and I thought it would be a very nice chance to play some clips for you of these other Discord record bands. This conversation will also appear in the upcoming karaoke episode, but the clips I use for the bands that aren't karaoke will not be in that episode. So this is a special cut. You know, it's nice to highlight Discord Records. They have a very important place in the history of United States music. And they've been really great to the fans, always trying to keep prices low, always trying to get all-ages shows played. They're just really important, and it was great to look at them. And, you know, hopefully this will whet your appetite to hear more New Years in the future. So without further ado, let's go ahead and play those clips. I you, boy. By the time this episode is released, it will no longer be true. But as we're recording... It is the year of the 40th anniversary of Discord Records. Nice. And the last episode that you and I spoke on was Fugazi, and this is Korakiki. And I thought maybe quickly, just out of the top of your head, what are your three to five favorite Discord Records albums for a listener to go check out? So
1: obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna be uncreative here, and I'm gonna say Fugazi. Um, for me, End Hits would probably be the one. Can't ask for more, so why unfulfilled? We take apart everything we build. Had it right here, now it's gone. oh. again i know fugazi's the obvious band but um beyond this so so end hits for them though i really like the argument as well and then i would say q and not use second album different damage that to me is right up there. Uh, what about you? Because I'm sure you think of something, I'm sure you've already thought about it a little bit more than I have
0: Well, I have to say my number one and two, and I hope that I might have a special episode which covers both of them, is the Black Eyes discography. That self-titled album and their second album are some of the most inventive, brilliant post-hardcore I've ever heard in my life. And then I would probably put Fugazi's "The Argument" as number three. And then the other things I would I would recommend, just on my taste, are both the first and second "Q and Not You" album. Really, like they're both great. Yeah, absolutely. And then "Happy Go Licky." Every
1: day
0: Which is Guy and Brendan of Fugazi's like experimental band in between Rites of Spring and and fugazi
1: totally totally yeah yeah that's an overlooked thing in the sort of uh the gi canon i guess you know like people i think know rites of spring and of course they know fugazi yeah at least i always hear "Rights of spring talked about in like articles and stuff with the, the talking about the birth of emo and, and stuff like that but happy go lucky really never comes up
0: no and i i really love the, like the only it's not an album, so it could never really be covered on this show, but it's like a collection of live recordings and demos. Right. But it's so good. <laughs> and it's like, I, 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 but you know, Discord has had a lot of great bands. Neither of us mentioned Jawbox. Or shutter to think. An endless
1: list. I really should have. I really should have included a Jawbox album, to be honest with you. Um,
0: or Lungfish, for that matter.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say that uh, I think it's the first Jawbox album that I really like. It's hard to pull up the uh, order their albums off the top of my head, but, you know, and obviously I like the album. I I like the album uh, Yeah, For Your Own Special, Sweetheart is good, but um, the two before that, I believe there are two before that are also really good.
0: Yeah. Well, let's m- move in to something that's going to come up talking about this album or not. Something that's going to come up During the course of this album, and we might as well address up up front before we talk about the album. Let's talk about the Fugazi of it all.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that you really can't discuss this without talking about Fugazi or even Minor Threat. Just like the whole, you know, Ian's whole trajectory and yeah, and it's good that you brought up Discord records for that reason as well, because for most fans, I think it's going to be inseparable. Like you can't, I highly doubt there are a lot of people listening to Corky for the first time who aren't Fugazi fans or Minor Threat fans or, you know, whatever, right?
0: Like somehow connected to Discord, somehow connected to Ian's career, really. Exactly. And, you know, it's thematic with the last time you and I spoke, or the last time people heard you and I have a conversation. We talked about Fugazi's The Argument, the last album in their discography. And this is the closest we have to Fugazi since Fugazi? I would say so. I mean, even. Is-
1: even though Corky also had so Corky also has Amy, Farina and uh, you know and then of course she was in the Evens with Ian. even though that's the case this music is more similar to Fugazi than that was and it may just be Joe Lally's inclusion
0: well and that's true but what i was going to say is there's that other band the Messianics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was Joe and Brendan. So that was the first band to actually have two members of Fugazi in it at the same time. And this is the second one, but this one is definitely the closest to Fugazi.
1: And I think the reason for that is that Brendan, while being the drummer for Fugazi, wasn't really a songwriter for Fugazi. So these songs, those songs in, in that band didn't really sound like Fugazi to me. You know what I'm saying? No, they were great. They're awesome, but they're much more math rock. They're much more, you know, it's just not the same thing. Like, And of course, Joe wrote songs for Fugazi, but he wasn't the principal songwriter. So I think having Ian here being one of the principal songwriters from Fugazi, you can see the, the chain a lot better. Of course, you know, Joe's bass lines really determined how Fugazi sounded. So I'm not saying he had no contribution. He's a huge, huge part of Fugazi. But to use sort of like easy, cheap comparison, it'd be like you've got the Beatles, right? And you've got John Lennon, Paul McCartney, right? And then you've got George Harrison, Joe would be the George Harrison in there where he wrote like two songs every album, you know what I mean? But he was like when you when you look through the Beatles discography, it's like John and Paul wrote this, John and Paul wrote this, John and Paul wrote this, even if one of them wrote it. They always say that they both did. Right. So they are the band in some sort of way. Whereas Joe really is that kind of like I mean, I fucking love his songs, but he's like the third songwriter to me.
0: Yeah, well, one last thing about the whole thing is, you know, there were times when Fugazi had a second percussionist. Yeah. Do you think there could be a Fugazi plus Amy?
1: Yeah, you know what I think would work best for that? I don't know if she needs to drum. She could. Obviously, she could play drums. But I kind of just was imagining just her adding her singing because I think her singing works so well with this music. And just looking back on Fugazi songs and imagining injecting her voice into them, like it would probably... Fit in perfectly. I'm not saying I'm not saying she shouldn't drum. She's a really good drummer, in my opinion. But that was just something that crossed my mind at night Of like, oh, some of these Fugazi songs would have been awesome if, like, imagine three vocalists, you
0: know? Or four with Joe. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, the one thing I, I let's let's actually start getting into the album itself. Yeah. uh My last little thing as a segue into the album is I enjoyed listening to this album. This is the most recent we've recorded an episode from the release of an album. For this show, and I know we don't share the sentiment, but I really like this album. But man, do I miss Gee!
1: Yeah, no, I mean I do too. Gee's songs weren't necessarily my favorite, but it's the contrast that really matters. I I don't know. I'm I, I kind of one of the reasons I did want to record an episode based around this album is for that reason that it's the most recent album we've covered, and I like the idea of covering something that came out within recent memory. As much as I like talking about kind of classics from you know our teenage years or, le- or a little bit later whatever, you know, our college years. It's kind of fun to react to something we haven't heard a million times. Yeah, for sure. At least for me, I, this is almost like a fresh listen. I've listened to it a dozen times or something, but not a lot, like all the way through, you know, so. Totally. I am a patient boy, I wait a
0: stopping there for now. I thought this was a nice way to help contextualize all the things in between Fugazi and Kuroki and before them even, and just a way to do a little something different. The whole conversation will be available in an upcoming episode, and you'll get to hear our thoughts on the actual album, and we really enjoyed talking about it, and we'll have more coming down the line. Coming up next, we've got a few crossover episodes that I'm really excited about sharing. And uh, I hope everyone's enjoying this. I hope this bonus episode was interesting. And thanks so much for listening. This podcast is an abandoned mascot production and part of the abandoned mascot network, a loose affiliation of podcasts for media arts creators and connoisseurs. For more information, follow us on Twitter at masco one That's abandoned, M-A-S-C-O, and the number one. Thanks for listening.